Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io/ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Here at the Black Information Network, we know how important it is for you to start your week off energized, engaged, and enlightened. There are always major stories that break over the weekend, and we feel you should know about the ones we are talking about today. So stay tuned for our weekend recap featuring the author of the book, Trap History, and the executive editor of Atlanta Daily World, Mr. A.R. Shaw. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. All right, Mr. Shaw, Happy New Year, brother. Welcome back to the show. How have you been? Happy New Year, man. A lot has happened since we uh, last spoke, so <laughs> let's get right into it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Okay, well, listen, uh, obviously, the thing that everybody is is talking about uh, as of late is Cat Williams' interview on Club Shay Shay. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it, right? Of course. Okay, all, all right. All three so, hours. All three hours. <laughs> okay, exactly. Okay, good man. Okay, so obviously, this interview covered uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of name dropping, a lot of um, firsthand accounts and a lot of people, of course, saying that the things that Cat Williams is mentioning sound plausible, if not factual. And so, um, you know, let's let's get your thoughts on it. Yeah, man. So he, he Cat Williams caused an uproar. Club Shay Shay uh, dropped at the top of the year, yep. uh, went viral uh, immediately. Uh, he struck a nerve. And I think but, there, you know, there's so many layers to this podcast. You know, uh, you talk about Lavelle Crawford. He said that some of the comedians didn't really uh, have a they, they kind of felt guilty. They, they sound guilty. Yeah. with their responses um and i was kind of disappointed with a lot of the responses because you, you know we talk about comedians you want them to snap back with clever and wit and we haven't really seen that yet in terms of how comedians are responding uh to what cat williams said uh but beyond him calling out different comedians i thought that cat williams actually brought up several valid points when it comes to sexual harassment in hollywood he talked about black women who experience low pay um and also the controversy the controversial aspect of black women black men who wear dress in TV and film. Uh, and although it's comedy, you know, when we see black men dressed up as as women, uh, it's usually a stereotype of black women, which mm-hmm. which 
good either. So I thought that Cat Williams brought up some valid points in a lot of his, uh, uh, I would say this is almost like a stand-up. It wasn't an interview. It was almost like a stand-up special. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. So we can take some of the some of the good with the bad, uh, but I think it was it's one of those interviews that kind of had a, it's going to have an impact on the culture from, from not just now, but for, for, for months or maybe years to come. Yeah. Yeah. And he had a, he had a lot of really potent one-liners from there too. Um, just, you know, for those who haven't seen it, I want to make sure that I cover just a bit about what he was talking about. He mentioned uh, Kevin Hart, as you said, uh, being an industry plant. He talked about uh, Dave Chappelle walking away from $50 million and, and kind of praising him for kind of keeping his integrity. And he kind of uh, suggested that he had been in a similar position four times, having to walk away from $50 million each time. Um, he mentioned Gary Owen, who's the white comedian, having never crossed over, um, perhaps because of the same reason he never sold his soul. So that was a shout out to Dave Chappelle and Gary Owen, you know, uh, so he wasn't just like taking off heads in this interview, but there was a couple of victims that uh, obviously when he said he wanted to, uh, bus Cedric, the entertainer's stomach. <laughs> so that was kind of a funny um, one-liner from the interview. He he had a lot to say about Steve Harvey stealing jokes from Mark Curry. For those of us old enough to remember Mark Curry's, you know, the 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 peak in his career with hanging miss, with Mr. Cooper and you know all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, again, all that stuff seemed plausible. And then, of course, the internet has all the receipts, so it showed. Cedric, the entertainer, stealing jokes from Cat Williams. It showed Steve Harvey stealing jokes, the boxes joke from uh, Mark Curry. And then, of course, you know, Mark Curry's hanging with Mr. Cooper. And then Steve Harvey kind of has a, a show right after him, kind of the same premise, wearing a suit at a school, that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, among other people, you know, obviously you mentioned Jonathan Majors and, and, and you know, that list goes on and on. But he he. Uh, in addition to that, you know, as, uh, to your point, how this might have a lasting impression on the culture, he had some really potent one-liners that I think are just fantastic that are worth remembering. One of them is that the truth don't need motivation. Um, you know, at a point in the interview, uh, Shannon Sharp suggested that the alcohol was talking and and Kat was like, no, I'm not fueled by alcohol, you know. Um, another one is... And this was probably my favorite on this list, but there's no such thing as a human being not being afraid. There are certain human beings that understand that being afraid in no way stops you from doing what you got to do. And I think if you needed some motivation, you know, in, in the face of fear, you know, in the space where I work and we work, you know, in the activist space, a lot of times things can be overwhelming. And so, you know, I really like that one. Another one, he says, anything that takes over your free time or sorry, that takes over your free will is the devil itself. Uh, winners aren't allowed to let the losers rewrite, rewrite history. That one I thought was, was really potent as well. Um, race is not where the line is drawn. It's God's side or the other side. A lot of folks like that one. And another one I have here is you having an unnatural allegiance to losers is not like you. Just as an affirmation, you know, for for those of us to, you know, recognize and respect exactly what's going on in front of us and not not try to play both sides if we can avoid that. I think that that's something that was potent as well. So, again, a lot of really uh, meaningful contributions, not just to the moment, but I think that a lot of the stuff will have a lasting impression. And, you know, for better or worse, it 
it, it at least ha- will have a ripple effect in the com- in the comedy community. And my hope is that it will keep, excuse me, it'll keep people from stealing jokes and and encourage more creativity and and more honesty in that in that genre. And I think that, that everybody wins when uh, when that becomes uh, a a central truth for that medium. So uh, moving on. Uh, this one comes from the Atlanta Black Star. Uh, Charlemagne the God feels burned by VP Kamala Harris's disappearance in office. Um, in short, uh, he said specifically, he specifically supported the former uh, California senator during the election because he was impressed by what he perceived was her robust mental health platform. Uh, but since taking office, he says that she's not been as active in pursuing those initiatives and kind of just kind of faded to to the back. Uh, I got a quote from him here. It says, I learned my lesson from doing that. Once they got in the white house, she kind of disappeared. He goes on to say, when I give people my word, like, yo man, I think we should be supporting Kamala Harris for vice president because she's going to hold, you know, hold it down and make sure we're good. Uh, When we say those things and people don't see her holding it down, that causes issues. So, so give us your thoughts on, not just Charlemagne's take on Kamala Harris, but really how you feel about the administration overall, because, you know, I think that this is the kind of the time we're really having to wrap our head around what our options look like for 2024. Yeah. Um, to, to Charlemagne's point, I thought it was a myopic statement um, mm-hmm. because, you, you know, historically, vice presidents aren't really in the forefront. <laughs> we look, if we go back in just in our generation, sure. uh, you, you know, Biden, when, when, when President Obama was when, when Barack Obama was president, we didn't see Biden much. Uh, same with Mike Pence. So it's, it's, it's traditionally you didn't really see vice presidents in the forefront just because they do a lot of the. I guess I won't say call it grunt work, but they do a lot of the works when it comes to in terms of Congress uh, trying to get laws passed. That's kind of what they do. They do a lot of the behind the scenes uh, activities. Um, now, some of the things that uh, VP Harris has worked on since she's been in an administration is, uh, you know, providing more funding for HBCUs. Uh, she's done some things with uh, reproductive rights, uh, voting rights and immigration. And so those things can be Google and you can see actually what she has done and what she's been working on. Now, my uh, pushback with the administration is that they haven't really done a good job of uh, uh, disseminating their messages mm-hmm. uh, in terms yeah. of their accomplishments. I think we we come we we live in an age where you have to kind of uh, if you if you're making it if you have an achievement you have to pretty much put it in in the forefront. Um, you know, the Democrats as a whole they have to do a, a better uh, message at, at at what we call you know going viral. Uh, we come from, you know, the last president before uh, President Biden. He was a guy who knew how to use social media uh, effectively, whether you liked him or not. He was able to use social media in a way where you people wanted to share it or, or get upset. So I think, you know, in that sense, uh, there are there have been accomplishments, but you have to put it out there. You have to let the people know what you have done. And I think in a sense, Charlemagne probably hasn't he probably hasn't really seen it because you you don't really hear about it. It doesn't go viral. Yeah. Uh, it's work that's just it's work, but it's not something that that we're sharing uh, as a community. Sure, and I think to your point, because you know I actually uh, had a conversation about this recently. I think to your point, um, there's not a lot of people excited about the current administration. Not not in the way that, as you mentioned, people were excited it certainly wasn't me but there were people who were really excited about the previous two presidents 
very excited, very passionate. And maybe that had a lot to do with messaging or maybe, you know, people stepped into the role and just kind of made it their own or whatever their, whatever their story is. Um, it just kind of seems like, you know, as you mentioned, whatever work is getting done is not being effectually, effectively, sorry, communicated to um, the vote pers- uh, prospective voters. And what is being communicated on their behalf and the behalf of the administration is very divisive, um, regardless of what President Biden has done. What I will remember him for is perhaps handle, how he's handled uh, the Israel-Hamas war. What I will perhaps remember him most for is seeing children's body parts get pulled out of rubble. And there's, there's a chance, you know, in, in my mind at least, a person in that position can strike a better balance between the interests uh, of the nation state of Israel and the human beings who are being blown apart uh, in Gaza. And where I see inaction and where that inaction is communicated on his behalf via social media and now really mass media. Um, the only thing that we have really in our frame of reference, those of us who are kind of cut from the activist cloth, the only thing that we have is the images of those body parts. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's, he did do Juneteenth, didn't he? Eh. You know, is, is this, can I, can I morally vote for a person who would allow something like this to happen and not just allow it, finance it. You know what I mean? And uh, again, this is not really to choose sides because, you know, he exists in a position much higher than, than I do. But walking a finer line, I think that, you know, because this was communicated recently that a lot of younger people have turned on him. And a lot of younger people have hardened their hearts toward really the plight of the Israeli government because of how they've chosen to respond to the October 7th attacks. And so there are, of course, people who feel like they are entirely justified and this is the right course of action. And a lot of people feel like that's not the case. And for the Democrats um, and for this current administration specifically, um, making sure that this negative messaging is balanced by, hey, we've done this. Hey, we're still fighting this fight. Hey, we're still doing this for you. We want to change your everyday lives. You know, I think, again, most people know Biden for not giving, delivering on, <laughs> you know, police reform. You know, executive orders is one thing, but come on, we, that's not what we asked for uh, when we when we voted. Um, and not delivering on um, the uh, student loans the student loan relief. And then now, of course, as I mentioned, uh, the happenings in Gaza. And so it's just hard to really be motivated. So um, I can't really be mad at Charlemagne. You know, obviously there's a lot of reasons to be critical, but what I think it results in is a lot of apathy. You know, people, there's a lot of people who are just looking at the election saying, you know, and this is not me, of course, um, because I like to complain. So I have to vote, <laughs> but uh, there is a lot of people who are just like, you know what, my conscience won't allow me to vote for either of these people, you know, so I'd rather stand on the side of humanity or I'd rather side on the stand 
stand on the side of of truth or I'd rather cast my vote for people who will deliver on their word or or whatever the case is. And their hope, and I can't knock them for it, but their hope will be that perhaps the next administration that espouses their political views will actually deliver on those promises. And that that seems about as good a tactic as any at this point for for those folks. So so yeah, we'll see what happens. Today's guest is the author of the book, Trap History, and the executive editor of Atlanta Daily World, Mr. A.R. Shaw. All right, moving on. Uh, I I clocked this one early. (laughs) This is interesting. Um, This comes from Radar Online. Fox News' Sean Hannity and Cornell West, Dr. Cornell West. Clash over ousted Harvard president Claudine Gay. First off, before I read this, did you see this exchange of these two? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it it was, was talking over each other, but yeah, I, I got it. I got it. Sure, sure. It was it was fantastic to watch, man. It was uh, but you're right, they they were talking over each other. For those that haven't seen it, I'll read a bit. Um, Hannity introduced West, whom he described as, as his former friend with a hint of disappointment in his voice. He criticized West for res- resorting to the race card and claiming racism as the reason for gays ousting, arguing that her removal was not motivated by race. Hannity, quote, I mean, you always call me brother Hannity, and I know you teach divinity, but Dr. West, really? This is really beneath you. If you don't mind me being very blunt, Hannity told West. Goes on to say, for you to go to the race card and say that Dr. Gay was pushed out because of racism, that's not why she was pushed out. You know the code of conduct as well as anybody at Harvard. And then a response from Dr. West, You know, and I know there has been attempts to impose tremendous pressures on universities with big money donors dictating various conditions under which they will give. And there's been attempts to reshape universities. Um, Now, you and I know there's orthodoxies in the universities and I'm against all orthodoxies. There's no doubt about that. But the very notion that you think that it was about plagiarism, that's window dressing. Uh, And then the final thing he mentions that Lawrence tribe plagiarized from Peter J. Abrams much more than she did. And he remained a prized p- professor at Harvard Law. So um, let's get your thoughts, um, because I know that kind of watching it, they were talking over each other. But but how did it hit you? Well, I mean, it's Sean Hannity. And I think Sean Hannity knows his audience and he knows that claiming reverse racism is on par with the people who follow him. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't surprised in that sense. Uh, but the entire backlash from Dr. Claudine Gay's uh, resignation from Harvard uh, is is what Dr. West said. It stems from racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, we've seen right wing figures uh, use social media as a way to attack our credentials in academia. Uh, billionaire uh, investor Bill Ackman, he uh, used racial, racial rhetoric, uh, claiming that Gay was only hired because of the DEI initiatives, mm-hmm. which isn't true, disregarding all of her noted uh, achievements in academia. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then what's just so interesting is that Ackerman's wife, who was a, a professor at MIT, she's Thank you been for saying this. Yeah, she's called out for plagiarism as well, when, mm-hmm. and, and, which is crazy because she plagiarized Wikipedia. Uh, so <laughs> didn't so, know that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and so it's just, you know, it's just it's just really, uh, you know. Uh, you know, they, they're using uh, plagiarism as a way to uh, attack Claudine Gay and, and, you know, because she's a woman of color. Yeah. First at Harvard. And so uh, is is basically uh, a knock on black achievement. We just have to call it what it is. And so yeah. 
Um, I think I think Dr. Cornell West was right on par with what it really is. And, yeah. and uh, in terms of Dr. Gay's uh, what they call plagiarism, it was really just in terms of just uh, what they call sloppy work or, or bad citations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you won't get uh, you didn't talk about, you know, students being held to that same uh, accountability. No student is going to get put out of Harvard for misplacing citations. Yeah. <laughs> so we just have to call it you know, call it what it is. And, and I think Dr. West was right in calling and saying that racism uh, was the reason why Dr. Gay. Uh, sure. Sure. Resigned. Absolutely. One of the things that it, it, it sort of occurred to me, let me, let me paint a picture for our listeners and, and see if you follow me here. Um, if I'm out and the police decide that they have a problem with me, right? And they want to harm me or arrest me or take me to jail or something like that for whatever their reason, right? And they approach me and they question me and blah, 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 okay? And I pass and I have witnesses and support and everyone says, no, 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 police, you're wrong. That's not what happened, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm free to go. And those police are so upset that they could not get me. And then they start looking for another reason. Then it starts to border on uh, this sort of like bullying type of behavior and abusive power, right? They're investigating. Oh, well, you know what? You, you can't drive away because you have a, a, a broken taillight. And and they'll they'll wait for me to drive a little bit, you know, and then pull me over. And then they, now they have just cause to arrest me. Right. So that's what this looks like. The thing is. If the police did not do that to other people, if the police officer's own wife had a broken taillight, then to me, it's like, oh, you're being selective. You're choosing to do this because you didn't get your way. You're choosing to do this because you thought that you could. And it embarrassed you when you found out that you couldn't. And you're choosing to do this to me when you have it, when you don't even have your own house in order. So to me, the only thing that would motivate a person beyond all of those extra factors would be racism. And I think that, you know, on a, on a long form show like this, we can really hash things like that out. But when you have a clip with Sean Hannity and it's two minutes long and, you know, you got to get off whatever you got to get off. And Sean Hannity sucks up three minutes worth of the oxygen, either talking himself or talking over you, then it's very difficult to make that point. But um, those of us in the know, know, and uh, I feel like that probably wasn't the strongest move for Dr. West, but I also realize that he's running for president. And so um, he has to play the game. And also walk in his truth. And, and again, on a show like Hannity's show where he controls the mic and the optics and, again, the oxygen and the conversation, um, you can get starved out. With that said, I absolutely believe that Dr. West ho- held his own. Um, he did not move. He spoke with a lot of strength. And, you know, if there's anybody brilliant enough to make their point, it's certainly not Ramses. It would be Dr. Cornell. <laughs> so if I can make my point, I'm sure he could. He just probably didn't have the uh, uh, as as much of a stage and time wise as I would have liked. But uh, 
he still held his own. And I, th- I thought it was fantastic to watch. Moving on, um, last but not least, man, I'm going to put this ball in your court, sir, because you know me, I don't like to touch these if I don't have to. But this comes from the Atlanta Black Star, Kiki Palmer's post about men who hate black women, but still date them. It's home for many. All right. So the post, and I'll read it uh, just so our listeners will have that benefit of knowing the post was titled, um, how can I hate black women when I date them? All right. So this is her post. Very easily. So glad you asked the question. It's very easy to date someone you don't respect when you're looking for ways to feel better about yourself. Even if you are less successful than said woman, there is still a history of propaganda that tells you you will always be the be better than she is. This is based off racial oppression and gender oppression. You may think you have created a win-win scenario for yourself to finally be better than someone. This is when the one-sided competition begins. But the gag is, you can't break a spirit that's already been broken open. When you experience oppression, at least from where I'm standing, there isn't anything that can take you down. So for my sisters that have found themselves sleeping with an enemy or two, they were supposed to be able to break you. Everyone said you were an easy target. But you just keep winning, and this breaks their reality. They couldn't beat the one person they were supposed to be able to beat because you weren't competing anyway. And now they're watching you rise up against it all in the ways they never could. Just know they hate you because they aren't who the world told them you'd be. Keep winning, y'all. Keep creating the only reality there ever was, which is us winning in love, in work, in life, in everything. So your take, sir. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, unfortunate Kiki Palmer is going through uh, a traumatic situation, a tra- traumatic ordeal with the father of her child. And so a lot of this is playing out in the in a public sphere where, uh, you know, she has to, you know, go back and forth on social media about what you know her present relationship. And so I think that uh, particular user struck a nerve. And, mm-hmm. and she was right in a lot of in a lot of instances and with some of the things that she said, you know, of course, you know, you know, there's a lot of systemic racism that occurred uh, on our community that has created this rift between black women and black men. And so we see it further perpetuated uh, on podcasts, on social media. So uh, she's right in a, in a sense, uh, even even, I'm, I, you know, <laughs> in terms of, you know, a, a black woman. Uh, having a bit more credentials than I guess her partner uh, kind of brings me to another, uh, you know, situation that has occurred with Simone Biles and her husband, yeah. uh, but he was on the pivot podcast saying that he was the catch, which is to me is insane considering all of her accomplishments. Uh, <laughs> so we've, you know, there's been another dialogue on that uh, front as well in terms of uh, success and and how black women are treated in relationships. And so I, mean, I, I think she has the the right to really, you know, you know, put forth her emotions when it comes to this rift between black men and women. Um, but I think all of us, we got to heal at some point. We can't just keep throwing this negative, uh, uh, this negativity out. There's a lot of black couples who have been married for years and decades that can show us how to do it. And yeah. I think we follow those examples instead of just going to social media or podcasts to tell us how we should conduct our relationships. Sure, sure. And I, I think that that's more than fair. But uh, as I mentioned, I, I I try not to, you know, step in the, into too much of, you know, the relationship conversations just because it's it's a very 
I, I live in fear of the day when I'll, I'm going get, to get cornered and have to have this conversation because I really don't want to misspeak and hurt someone's feelings. And then, yeah. So I appreciate your input more than you know, because obviously we need to talk about these things. It's just, I, I haven't quite found how to be the best version of myself really since the Me Too movement. Um, I, I've, I felt like it's, one of the things that I got from that is that men need to do a lot more in the way of listening and a lot less in the way of talking. And so as a man, I was like, okay, well then we'll do this. And, and if I'm ever entitled to a, 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 you know, a little bit of conversation, you know, at present, I can still do it one-on-one, you know, one-on-two, but uh, it's, it's tough to, to have an opinion that I'm able to voice out loud um, not saying that I agree or disagree, but it's just like, uh, it's almost like a no win situation, uh, at least in my view. And that's, it's a very uh, scary place to be in. So for those that are brave enough to speak up like Kiki Palmer and people like yourself, you know, I, I'm still listening and I think I will continue to do so. So again, thank you very much for your insight on this and all the rest of our stories. Once again, today's guest is the author of the book, Trap History and the executive editor of Atlanta Daily World, Mr. A.R. Shaw. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. And join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.